So literally, you found your voice in doing podcasts because you found the voice that was totally aligned with who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Not based on what someone else told you. All of a sudden, doing a podcast is a joy for you because you're not faking it, you're not fronting it, you're just being yourself and you're talking about that which you are an expert, correct? Yes, but I already had my voice I and mean, I've been doing this since 2004. But what podcasts really did, there were a few things. One was I was actually at the point where I was just tired of hearing myself talk. I'd been saying the same thing for so long and I just felt like every time I'd go to do like a Facebook class, I'd say, oh, what am I gonna talk? I was, I was over it in a way at that point. And one of the things that happened for me with the podcast was that I got to talk to other people and that re-energized me. And I got to hear what other people were doing and other book marketing strategies and things that I didn't know about. There's so many different ways to do things. One of the things that I've learned by studying with so many different coaches is that people will get their way and they'll go, this is the way you have to do it. And one thing I've learned is that's never true. You have to figure out what works for you and what feels right for you. And over the years, I've taken a little here, a little there, that kind of thing. And I just find that's always what ends up working best for me. But the other thing that happened for me with my podcast, there were a few things. And one was that I'm getting older. I've been doing this for 16 years. And I started to get self-conscious. I could see the gray hair in there and that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, God, what are people going to think? I was going through all that kind of nonsense. And... I finally, uh, the podcast really helped me to open up because at first I was doing it just as audio and some of my interviews really liked that because I'm like, oh good, I don't have to get dressed and all that. But I found that I didn't like it as much because I liked having the eye contact. I like being able to see the people I'm talking to. And so I started recording them just for me, just so that I could have that. And then over time, I was like, I kind of like this. I kind of like doing this. And it helped me open up to be more open to doing video in general. So that was a really good thing for me too. And just to help me be a better speaker, even though I had done webinars for years and years, but I always had PowerPoints. So I always had something there instead of me just talking. But the other thing that happened when I did my podcast, which really surprised me, was that people started saying things to me. My guests started saying to me, oh my God, you're just such a great interviewer. And, and somebody said to me, who I really respect, said, I've been on so many podcasts and this was the first podcast where I really felt like it was professional. And so I started to have a renewed sense of valuing myself because I had been beaten down. And when I had started, I made a lot of money in my business. And then after, when the 2008 recession hit, I lost half my business. And then my husband and I, we were doing real estate. We were buying, flipping and selling houses and we got caught in the last one and we lost everything on that last house. And, and so I was struggling with everything because I'm, and I had been sick and he had been sick. And it's just a lot of bad things. We ended up homeless through no fault of our own because we lived in a place that was not up to code. They kicked everybody out. I, we just went through so many bad things that I had really been beaten down. And the podcast brought me back to life. It really did. It just gave me a renewed sense of purpose, a renewed sense of joy. It's the one thing that is constant in my business that, that I love. Not like even when I do my boot camp, it's I do it every, you know, so many months, but it's not every week. It's not like all the time. My podcast is the thing that is all the time. And talking to people like you, it made me want to go on other people's shows. It made me want to spread my message in more places because I'm just more comfortable now being me because of it. So that really worked for me. Because I just thought, oh, I'm a writer and writers want to hide. Let me tell right. you, writers are hiders, right? And I've been a writer all my life and I've been a hider. So this kind of brought out another side of myself.
I'll be honest with you. I can hear it in your voice. Mm-hmm. You have a level of confidence and authority, and but it's very calm. It's not fronting. It's not that kind of snake oily thing. It's just, I know what I know. I'm here to share it with you. I'm confidently conveying it out to you. And do you want to know how I know that? Hmm. After editing probably 300 episodes of my podcast and others, I can tell someone knows what they're talking about by the number of times I don't have to cut out in a long <laughs> pause. A, and I'm not talking about vocal quirks. Everyone's got their own voice. I have no problem with vocal variety and stuff, but it's the ummers, the people who answer the question with, that's a good question. That's a good question. No, it's not a good question. You're just temporizing because you don't know your stuff. Mm. Give me a break. Ellen, you clearly know your stuff because you've got a venue that allows you to practice it. And I love what you said about getting more comfortable with video. How did you get more comfortable with video? You started doing video. Right, by doing it. Yeah. Period. The end. Yeah. But that's the first part. The second part is then understanding that people want what you have to offer. They're not thinking about how you look or that your hair isn't sitting exactly right or all the little quirks and things that we look, we are so judgmental of ourselves. And when I realized that I was way more judgmental of me than anybody else was, it allowed me to just let it go. It was yeah, like, as the father of three daughters, I like to remind them, you have to understand yeah. out of yeah. somebody else's day, how much time they think about you. Yeah, they're they not. Don't. They right. don't. If right, they meet exactly. you and they're talking to you, they think about you one quarter of the time you're actually talking to them. Right. The rest of the time they're going, well, what are we having for dinner tonight? Oh, I can't forget that. And oh, she looks so much better than me. I, I, I just saw my roots and I need to get some color done. They're not thinking about you. Right. Unless you're serving them up some great ideas that they are dying to know about and they don't even know they're dying to know about it yet. I love podcasts as a listener, mm -hmm. but I love the fact that doing a weekly podcast has forced me to do this every week for going on the start of four years now. Yeah. And the funny thing is, and I've talked about this on this podcast before, I'm a writer. I should be a blogger. I was never able to maintain a blog past maybe. Me either. Why isn't that funny? Yeah, I have a blog and I occasionally put stuff up there, but I just saw last week I went in there and oh my God, I haven't put one up since June. And part of that was because I did a challenge and I did my boot camp and I just realized when that's going on, it's hard for me to focus on other things. But nonetheless, I've just never been excited by the blog. I read stuff all day long on blogs yeah, I do and too. stuff like that. I do too. But there's something about doing a podcast that's performative, I think, mm -hmm. that yeah. allows me to take ideas to workshop them with the interview guests that I have and hear from them. And maybe that colors my thinking on what I was already thinking about something similar. And there's this, I think of it as almost like this percolator that's just, yeah. blah, 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 that's bubbling all constantly. And the energy exchange that happens between us, even though we're just looking at each other on zoom, mm -hmm. there is an energy transfer there. Oh, it's absolutely. And that's what I like. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by my new book, Nonfiction Brand. Discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand you already are, now available on Amazon.com. 
Jay Bear, best-selling author of Talk Triggers, said, The book is outstanding. Highly recommended. A spectacularly useful guide to personal branding that pulls off the difficult trick of being both realistic and inspirational. A must-read, regardless of where you are in your own brand-building journey. To get your copy, head on over to Amazon.com and search Nonfiction Brand. And let's get you all the credit you deserve for the completely true, completely you brand you already are. I agree with you. In my head, I'm an introvert, but on my podcast, it's like a stage. And frequent listeners of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast will understand the concept I call a style stage, which is all about everyone having a style. Mm-hmm. And then there's a perfect stage for it. So a lot of comedians are on Twitter. Why? Because they can write a joke in 280 characters and it's quick, it's witty, and it's perfectly aligned with who they are, what they do, and how they do it. Twitter. I love following Twitter. I don't tweet. Why? I don't want to share yeah, my opinions. It's not, my, it's not my favorite either. But I, yeah, I love it for just seeing what other people have to say. Or, and exactly. also politics. I like to see what's going on. Yeah, exactly. It's a perfect style stage for some people, but not for others. Facebook mm-hmm. cannot stand Facebook. I love Why? Facebook. Yeah, well, but that's because to me, Facebook is a very, and I don't want to be too generous about this, but it is kind of the multitasking that I think is built into certain minds, the way they can take all that bizarre. It's like going to the Marrakesh Bazaar. There's all See, this stuff I going disagree. On. I think with Facebook, it's how you do it. Like yeah. I have gotten rid of a lot of riffraff on Facebook. I don't see any of that stuff on my newsfeed. My newsfeed is very focused. Congratulations. I've yeah. not been able to do that. So I've choose <laughs> not to do it. Okay. But, yeah. But my point is there's a style stage out there for you, yeah. depending on who you are, what works best for you. The question right. is, are you trying them? And I'll be honest, I've tried everything and I have a very small number of social channels that I engage with at all. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if you're doing fewer, better, you're going to get a better return than doing more, more poorly. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing I want to say is that authors who are successful need to get out of their room. Yeah. You need to get out of your room. And that could be doing a podcast or just being a guest like this on other people's podcasts. You don't have to have your own podcast, but speaking is the best way to sell your books, sell your business, sell your products, sell your services, whatever. Speaking is great. Yeah. And and that's one of the areas of my business that I want to grow. Consequently, Mm -hmm. a book is a great, as I said before, a great hefty brochure. I call it plonk factor. When you put it on a table, it goes plonk Mm -hmm. and people go, wow, it's a heavyweight book. You must have heavyweight ideas Mm -hmm. as if there's some correlation between the number of pages and the brilliance that you bring to a presentation. But it frankly is, it works. It's a level up. It's an unlock. And let's talk about some of the people you've helped with developing books. Is there anybody who can't write a book? No. <laughs> so what is the weirdest? But, but well, wait, let me okay. say, okay, but go. I, when I help people write books, we're writing nonfiction books for their businesses. We also have done quite a bit of publishing for fiction, but we don't do writing for, and, I, and we've done bestseller launches for fiction books as well. But, but the writing is for nonfiction books. So what so, is the oddest sector that you've had someone write a book about? that's the oddest but i had i have one client who wrote a book about 
Okay, when you quit smoking, what happens is there are all these side effects that come up that doctors want to give you all these other medications for that you don't need. And people don't realize that all these things are going to happen and that they need to manage them until they go away. And she actually wrote a book about that. So that's a very specific situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What has happened with that? I'm pretty sure we made that one a number one bestseller, but I don't know after that, but she, she's pretty successful. She had her Facebook group and she does her thing. So I know she does well, but I don't know her exact numbers. Yeah. And I'm not looking for an actual number of sales. It's more like the after effect of before. She's done very well. But I mean, some of my clients have had like amazing things happen to them after they wrote their book. I have one client, his book actually stayed on the bestseller. What is it called? Uh, list. No, not no on Amazon, but for oh, three Amazon. years, okay. he stayed up for three years. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. And he took his book, he went to a conference and his intention was to meet Kevin Harrington, who was in charge of the conference. And he just took his book and he put it under his arm and he made sure everybody could see it the whole time that he was there. And Kevin did like the cover that we did. And he brought him up on stage and they talked for 45 minutes and he ended up mentoring him. And then he ended up getting an opportunity to go to Singapore, all expenses paid and speak. So he did that. And last time I talked to him, I said, and has, and he was already doing corporate. And I said, has it helped you increase your prices? He said, oh yeah, a lot. That was what happened for him. I have another client who actually had co-written a book that was a bestseller before he wrote the second book, we did the second book and he ended up speaking at an event after that where Barack Obama was one of the speakers. And then he also started a podcast after that. And when we spoke, he said, God, I feel so weird, Ellen, because I'm the same person, but people are treating me so differently because now he had this, this top business podcast and this book and everything. But that's another one. I have another one where she immediately got offered a magazine cover and has continued to get free advertising and things like that from the book. And there are all kinds of different scenarios that happen because of the book. Yeah, but you can't get it if you didn't do the book. I have another client, all he, he wanted to get on stages really badly and he couldn't get on stages. Nobody was letting him get on. And we did the book and in less than two months, he was on his first stage at a, at a summit. Yeah. So, well, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's a do- books, open doors, books, yeah. open doors, which is why that's the name of your company. Books that's right. Open you want to know how we got it? How'd you get it? I was actually speaking with one of my partners who's a branding expert. And we were trying to come up with what the name was going to be. And I love this story because it it brings me back to the whole idea of not being afraid to get really creative uh, in different ways than what you're thinking is, you know, like thinking outside of your original box, bestseller this, bestseller that. They were all taken. It's really what happened. And so I said, there's nothing available. We can't do this. So what are we going to do? And he said, what's the benefit that people get when, when they write their book and everything? I said, the book's open doors. He goes, that's it. It was something I knew for a long time, but sometimes you're too close and you can't see it, which is why you need somebody else outside of you to say, you know, what you can't see. Which is why I've had a successful career in advertising and marketing and branding for so long. It's because uh, I shut up. Mm -hmm. I let people talk. Mm-hmm. And then I put it through a filter and that filter is one that every good marketer knows. Don't talk about features. What's the benefit? Exactly. Yeah. And I do the same thing with people, what you just said for writing their books. Like when they'll say, I don't know what to write about, or I don't know how to say it. I do exactly what you just said. I just listen. And they usually just spit it out. They just can't hear it. Or, or sometimes they need my help. Sometimes I'll, I'll end up writing the title for them, you know, things like that. 
So do you have a number of services or packages or let's just say I'm somebody who's been hanging around and I've got a business. I think I've got stuff to say about my specific business. If I wanted to just pick your brain, I hate to use the term. I hate that. I hate that term. Yeah. 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 If I were looking to find a coach to help me test the quality of my idea, Mm -hmm. do you do that type of engagement where I could buy it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk through. uh, Actually, the first one I do, uh, it's complimentary. Yeah. The bestseller breakthrough consultation. Let's talk about that. So again, I'm serving as a surrogate for a nonfiction brand podcast listener who may have been thinking about, I know I got a book in me. I just don't know what it's called. I know, I know what it's about, but not really. And I have no idea how to get started. If I wanted to talk to you as a foot in the door, you're saying that I could via your booksopendoors.com website, Mm -hmm. sign up for a free consultation. Yes, you can. So what would happen? Talk me through that consultation. Is it a, is well, it first of, of all, you go there and you would fill out an app, you would fill out a questionnaire. It's a short questionnaire and that just makes it so that we don't waste time on the call. And I have an idea of what your business is and what you're looking to do and, and what your budget is like where your head's at with that. And then we would get on the call and based on what you said, I'm looking for what, what is your business about? What's the challenge you're having and what is it you're trying to do? And then from there, it's okay. Now we look at, okay, how can we get that done? And sometimes it's getting just started with the book. And sometimes, for instance, I had a woman who come to me and she was like, and here's the thing too, like they have money, but it's all, I can't spend that much money on publishing my book right now. Why? Because my business isn't making, it's like her husband's making the money. You're right. That kind of thing. Sometimes I have to back them up and go in your situation. Maybe I wouldn't write the book right now. Maybe we should figure out how to make you more money first or how we can do pre-orders on the book to make you money to finish the book. There are all different ways to go depending on what their situation is. It's not one size fits all. And one of the things that I will say about what I do versus what a lot of other people do who are book coaches are book coaches who just walk you through writing a book. They're book coaches who don't look at the whole person. I, I guess I call myself, I, I never have, but now that I'm sitting here, it's like holistic book coach. I'm looking at the person, I'm looking at the business, I'm looking at what's best for you and not just trying to get you to spend money that maybe you're not spending it the right way right now. Or maybe there's some other way that would be a lot more comfortable for you to get started. So everyone is different. And I think that's, what's important. I think that people go, okay, I'm ready to write a book. And sometimes I have to say to them, you're not ready to write a book. You think you are, but they're thinking about their book is all wrong. So you're more of a doctor (laughs) that needs to meet the patient and (laughs) needs to understand the whole thing rather than someone who's selling a process or a system or a system. Well, I do have a system, but first I have to make sure they're right for the system because what I'm saying is not everybody is right for the system. So if you're ready for the system, great, I got a system. But if you're not ready for it, let's figure out how to get you ready for it. And I don't think there's anybody else who does that. And if they are, I don't know of them. So nonfiction branders, you can tell that Ellen's got a lot to say about how books can unlock new levels of achievement for yourself and everything that you've you're trying to do as a personal brand to demonstrate who you are, what you do and how you do it. I don't think there are many better ways to do it than writing a book. So Ellen, you've got a podcast that goes into a lot of different areas. So if you're not even ready to put your toe in the water, 
why don't you put your open your ears to the possibility of going <laughs> near the water by listening to your podcast? What is the name of the podcast and where can people find it? The name of the podcast is booksopendoors.com forward slash podcast. And depending on when you're hearing this, we are in the process of moving because we've rebranded everything to Books Open Doors. So you might see Books Open Doors and Books Business Abundance because we're still moving things around. But that's where the majority is and that's where we're going. I want to point out that too. We talked about it last week. We can talk about it again. Mm -hmm. You aren't afraid to calibrate mm -hmm. if things aren't calibrated correctly. So last week we talked about you moving from the eBooks coach to books open doors. It's not just about eBooks. Smart right. move if you ask me. Now you're doing the same thing with your podcast, which is you are reconciling your presence across social media under the banner of books open doors, regardless of what it was called before. Am I right. getting that right? Yeah, Smart but move. also, but let me tell you why I did that. The reason I did that was I was listening to somebody who makes a lot of money with podcasts and was talking about sponsorships and podcasts. And what he was saying is, is that sponsors are much more likely to give you money if your podcast is very niche. And so not only I've wanted to do this for a while because I did want to rebrand and have everything under the umbrella, but also that was another thing that just made it more urgent for me to say, yeah, I got to do this. Let's just get this done. Yep. I don't want to make too big a point about it, but personal branding and this type of small business branding is about packaging yourself mm -hmm. so that people can understand you from a mile away. The power of branding, every parent of a child who's ever driven across Nebraska knows the power of the golden arches of McDonald's when your preverbal child can see it five miles away and starts pointing to it. And they can't even say the word McDonald's yet, but they want French fries. That's the power of branding because that kid understands exactly who McDonald's is, what they do and how they do it and how yummy it is too. Ellen, I want to say thank you so much for being on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. Again, how can people connect with you online socially? Socially, they can go to facebook.com forward slash group forward slash books open doors. Also, I'm on LinkedIn at Ellen Instagram. I'm on what books open doors for you because that's all I could get. The number four in the letter U. Where else? Twitter. I'm Twitter. I had to use Ellen S. Violet because I lost 11,000 followers because Twitter kicked me off because they wouldn't send me my verification code. So I, I'm trying to get books open doors everywhere, but it's just not going to happen everywhere. But yeah, yeah. it's either well, books open doors or Ellen Violet mostly. Well, good. Definitely yeah. check her out and check out the Books Open Doors podcast. Is that available on the usual suspects, Spotify, it's, Apple? No, okay. it's on iTunes and Podbean right now. And again, once we get everything moved over, then it will be everywhere. All right. So check that out. Ellen Violette at Books Open Doors. Thank you so much for being on the Nonfiction Brand podcast. It's been great to have you as a guest. I want to remind everybody to like, subscribe, refer, and review this podcast, if you will, because that helps other people find it. I am, of course, your host, D.P. Knuton, and she is Ellen Violette. And I'll be talking at you guys next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>